Welcome back to another new podcast from the Codings Pro interview series. I'm your host, Ben DuBose, and I'm a staff writer with Codings Pro Magazine. In today's episode, we're getting back into our Showcase Profile series to spotlight longtime members of SSPC and or NACE. We're doing this to highlight the integration of SSPC, the Society for Protective Codings, and NACE International, and to explore how the new combined organization known as AMP, the Association for Materials Protection and Performance, can best serve the codings industry moving forward. In the latest episode of this series, we recently spoke with a pair of experts from one of the obvious world leaders in protective coatings, and that's our friends over at Sherwin-Williams Protective and Marine. For this conversation, we sat down with Jay Whitaker, Technical Services Specialist, and Paul Troutman, Project Development Manager. Both of these men have plenty of insight when it comes to their company and all of the relevant industry trends, but they also have a long history of working with our associations and seeing how a group like AMP can ultimately help companies and even individuals within the industry as well. Without any further delay, let's play back that conversation. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this. I think a good place to start would be if each of you could give us some of your personal biography. Just tell our listeners about your career in the industry, any relevant certifications, and generally your journey as you've progressed through the coatings industry and at Sherwin-Williams. Jay, we can start with you. Hi, my name's Jay, and uh, I have been in this business for over 35 years. I started in the floor covering as the sales and the sales business part of it. And then as most of it always happens, it progresses into something else. Next thing you know, I found myself working in the coatings industry, um, doing applications, then worked into sales and got to see quite a bit of an array of different things and wanted to move more on the technical side. So part of my life at this, around 2011, I started working at and learning more about what NACE and uh, SSPC had to offer. So at that time, I pretty much got more training. I went ahead and acquired uh, my NACE 2, NACE 1, NACE 2. I didn't get my NACE 3 as much as I'm more dedicated to the concrete side. And I saw that SSPC actually offered up a little more information, more in-depth training. So I went ahead and got my NACE 2 or my uh, uh, CCI, my concrete coating level two inspectors uh, certification. I just felt that was more of something I was leaning for versus not that I didn't like still. I just worked more in the concrete world. And um, I've been with Sherwin-Williams uh, going on six years now. So it's really been a big uh, benefit to have those prior to coming on to work here. And Paul, the same question to you. Sure. <clears throat> My name is Paul Trotman. I am a business development manager focusing on projects. Um, I'm located in California. Uh, my first experience with paint was when I was a 16-year-old kid living in Seattle. My summer job was working uh, new construction homes uh, in Seattle. Uh, I found myself extremely attracted to the construction projects and painting and what it was able to do to make you know a particular structure beautiful or to protect it. I've been with Sherman Williams now for about 20 some years. Um, my focus is with owners, engineers and architects. I spend a lot of time talking about those projects that are being planned, uh, help develop specifications. Um, uh, I'm a NACE certified inspector. 
I'm working on some of the PCI uh, C1, C2 protective coatings um, uh, certifications through SSPC right now. And um, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed the coatings industry, find it to be fascinating, um, and certainly do enjoy, have enjoyed my time with Sean Williams. This will be a question that can be for either or both of you. Since we have multiple guests, just feel free to jump in whenever you like. Just for the benefit of our listeners, please say your name at the beginning of your answer so they know. And typically after I ask guests to give us some details about their personal biography, the next question is for them to explain some background on the company. Now, in this case, Sherwin-Williams is such a giant in the industry that I think that's somewhat unnecessary. The vast majority of our listeners know what Sherwin-Williams does in the paints and coating space. So I'll ask it a slightly different way. What does being with an organization with the platform and resources of Sherwin-Williams and that type of brand allow you to do in the fight against corrosion? What are some of the things that you guys are able to do when it comes to um, initiatives at the company and the ways in which you benefit from having that type of uh, platform and resources? So I'll just jump in. I've been with Sherman Williams and I've been part of our protective coatings division now for, for the majority of my career with Sherman Williams. And, and I can tell you that our organization has stayed extremely dedicated to uh, process improvement, product delivery, um, and developing solutions for the industry that um, are unique, um, helpful to our customers, helpful to our owner and architect engineer base of customers, and um, the growth that we have been able to experience because of that dedication has been really extreme. Um, and, and, and a wonderful thing to watch. Um, I do see Sherwin-Williams, you know, you go to an SSPC conference and you do see 60, 80 Sherwin-Williams guys um, floating around the conference, involved in presentations, um, generally meeting with uh, our customer base and our related friends um, at these conferences. So our ability to be in front and in the center of of the the trends within the industry um, remains very sound. Um, it's it's rather impressive the 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 number of people that are behind the scenes that continue to work incredibly hard to support guys like me who are on the front of the scene interacting with those customers. Um, I think it's it's really uh, impressive. One of the questions I want to throw to each of you is about your history, not just with the company, but with industry associations like NACE International, like SSPC, the Society for Protective Coatings, and now, of course, the newly formed Association for Materials Protection and Performance. That's a merger of those two organizations. How has your affiliation with those two groups benefited you over the years and your time in the industry? This can be certainly about uh, things that's meant for your company, but it can also be as far as connections you've made through conferences, events, the certifications, which you mentioned earlier, the training. Just what has being involved with these industry bodies meant for you? And Jay, we can start with you on this one. Sure. <clears throat> 
one of the things I've noticed that when I started back in 2011, I was kind of a late bloomer. I've been in the business since back in the uh, or mid 80s, but never found the need to uh, really develop any of the technical information that I was uh, I, I, I was looking for it, but really didn't know where to go. Uh, through friends and through networking and people that I was working with, uh, they actually had offered me up and said, hey, you really need to check out NACE because I was looking for certifications. I was looking to benefit uh, not only the company I was working for at the time, but at, but to actually make myself more accredited in the industry. So through networking, through meeting some uh, mentors along the way, they had just being able to uh, go to some of the conferences, hear some of the information, uh, learn some of the new technology. One of the things that I really will share is that NACE offered a, a great opportunity. They have a great curriculum for understanding still, and, and they take you from uh, almost baby steps from one to another. Um, from the uh, NACE 1 to NACE 2 to, to appear uh, so that you can look and, and, and be more accredited. So uh, SSPC offered something a little bit different for me. I was learning more about the concrete, so I was kind of trying to stay diverse, but it gave me more of an opportunity to uh, learn more from from those that were ahead of me and they brought information and shared with me and the curriculum that was actually provided to me uh, gave me the opportunity to actually pay forward some of the things that uh, I learned along the way, I, I, I guess is if that's if I could say it that way. Paul, the same question to you. Sure. I've been in California for so long, I really don't know another state. Um, and I can tell you that over my years, some of my best friends in this industry are relationships that started at local SSPC and NACE chapter meetings. Um, in California, we have uh, San Diego chapters, Los Angeles chapters, and Northern California chapters. And I have been involved either as, you know, an attendee to a meeting or maybe a chapter chairman or a vice chair. Uh, held a lot of different roles over the number of years, and I would say that those local chapters and those local chapter meetings are, I think, essential to building um, collaborative approaches to industry problems um, uh, within a given setting where it's social and we can all talk about it and maybe a speaker presents on a particular topic and then we can kind of bounce around the pluses and minuses of those uh, ideas presented and really have time to sort of solidify and see the others that are in the industry doing the same things that you are. And I think that helps build strength, you know, for the, the industry as a whole, contractor bases, supplier bases, each of us, you know, have a, a essentially the same customer, that owner. Um, and if we can involve those owners in these meetings more or involve the engineering community in these meetings more often, I think the amount of sort of education that can be provided at these local chapter meetings is really exceptional. Um, so I've always felt that those meetings were worth the time invested and maybe traveling to a particular location to attend 
um, because there are a number of friendly faces to be seen and even new people to meet on on a, on the um, really at every given meeting. So that's kind of my opinion of the of the chapter and just sort of that association relationship. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense as far as the value equation. Going forward now, of course, that there's not an SSPC, there's not NACE, that this is the newly formed organization known as AMP. What are some of the things that you'd like to see the newly formed organization do? Paul, we can start with you on this one. Well, I think that right now a consolidation is in place uh, with the new organization where we need to remove redundancies um, with respect to training, with respect to local chapters. And I think that all of those sort of processes are underway. I believe that at the end of the day, the joint group will be stronger and have a higher level of influence. And I believe that ultimately the sort of uh, joining of coatings with chemicals and cathodic protection really does create a holistic approach to corrosion protection um, as it uh, you know as it relates to the rest of the community obviously the cost of corrosion is enormous um, those who have the best solutions to mitigate corrosion you know will, will rise to the top of the heap in terms of their uh, product offerings and solutions and, and and the contractors who are most capable will also rise. Um, and I think that others can learn from the people who are progressing at a faster rate um, so that they can kind of jump on that bandwagon and continue to move forward. But ultimately, the, the collected group that will be AMP, um, I think will have, you know, a significant presence um, in the construction industry for years to come. Jay, is there anything you wanted to add on that front? Yeah, I, I would. Um, as far as when you start looking for certifications, part of what uh, NACE and SSPC offer, it's education, it's accreditation, it's, it's learning standards, learning things in your business that's going to uh, help you understand why certain things are happening and why why we're using this coding. Why what type of what should I be looking for? Well, that type of uh, environment when when you start really looking at uh, uh, what can it what was going to happen when we join these. I, I was a little concerned. I, I will share in the beginning, uh, but I did notice that it's going to offer you an opportunity to have a single membership now. For me, that was that was huge. There were times I was looking things up. I was looking. I had to go to multiple sides. Who did what better? I think the joining of those two is going to build um, a more collaborative effort. Everybody's wanting to get involved, and we all have the same focus, and we're wanting to drive that uh, that that message home that uh, we're all together. But now that we have AMPP, I think that's going to speak volumes to those that are wanting to get involved versus, oh, I want to be part of NACE or I want to be part of SSPC, as well as some of the joint uh, standards that are out there, which I, I'm on the technical side. I, I, I work 
basically helping contractors. A lot of them will say, well, what's this standard? What's a joint standard? Well, right now I've already noticed that there are some of the joint standards that were put in place. One of them being for, uh, I think it was the procedure for determining conformance of concrete surface profile or, or something like that. And AMPP's already taken a, a standard and put it under one umbrella. So that alone is going to help a lot of the confusion that I think uh, some of the new people, such as myself, were finding when we started joining. One of the benefits for us at Codings Pro, which is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, by the way, Codings Pro is now a member magazine of AMP, which definitely broadens the distribution. What are some of the things that at industry trade pub like Codings Pro can do for a company like Sherwin-Williams. Obviously, we publish case studies in which Sherwin-Williams products are utilized. What are some of the ways that, you know, a member magazine for the association can perhaps provide value for you guys as a coding manufacturer? This can be for either of you. Okay, uh, this is Jay. I will say that some of the articles that we read, I, uh, if you start looking at some of the ways that you presented the magazine, I do uh, enjoy some of the things that you present in them. One of them is offering up the articles and a lot of the things that when you start looking at it from a technical perspective, you can start realizing that some of the importance that wasn't important before back in the, you know, 10 or 15 years ago has been brought to the forefront. Uh, and more than anything, you can look at how a, how a team effort from vendors, how everybody will get involved through some of the case studies that y'all provide. I'll usually, when I read through the magazine, I like to take uh, bits and pieces and I share it with, uh, when I share my itinerary every month with the sales team, with the technical team, uh, with the area managers, I bring part of that. I'll always share something that I saw this. Um, it's a good read. Make sure that you get an opportunity to look at it. And I'm not sure that it's going to hit everybody the way it hit me, but there's some good information in there. Um, it shows marketing strategy. It it uh, some of the new mark the uh, the new departments that are re in the reading part of it for I guess it's contractors corner and I think it's inspectors corner. Those that brings really good insight from different perspectives from different you know who's looking at it each way. So it gives you a perspective from somebody standing on the inside, uh, maybe from the application side how they see it. So maybe you're not in that, but I think that this magazine, me personally, I love it. I I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I share it as a with the technical team that uh, so that they can be aware that hey, these were the challenges that this this company fought through but then it also brings together surface prep equipment it, it mm -hmm. starts bringing a, a lot of different things involved that uh, i think we just need to be aware of that sometimes we just pass over yeah absolutely and we really appreciate that plug by the way as <laughs> we wind down the podcast i want to transition to talking a little more about the industry at large and not so much just the association and the magazine and all of those factors you guys have both been in the industry for a long time. I'm curious how the industry has changed over your time in it, and specifically the last few years. Uh, what are some of the trends you're seeing as far as technologies in demand, best application practices, uh, environmental regulations? Just what are some of the highlights? And Paul, we can start with you on this as far as um, the way the industry has trended in the last few years. 
Um, well, I, I would say that the couple of trends that I see out in California, um, number one, it's getting harder and harder to abrasive open air abrasive blast in California. Containing fugitive dust, those types of nuisances have become really a stigma and a, and a challenge. Um, air quality districts are always trying to uh, minimize those types of effects on the atmosphere. And, and I think within the just these, let's just say the corrosion linings applications, whether it be oil and gas or water or even wastewater at this point, um, plural component applied materials, high build coatings, coatings that you know offer greater thicknesses and and higher levels of barrier protection have become the trend. When I started this business a number of years ago, you know, an acceptable lining system inside of an oil and gas tank was, you know, two coats of a phenolic epoxy. Today, um, fast forward, you know, a lot of years, um, the preferred solution is plural component applied Novolac epoxy. Sometimes that Novolac epoxy is reinforced um, with a flake or a or a, a, a myo material um, and and these high build coatings are just showing uh, their ability to last longer, provide a higher level of corrosion protection and um, really kind of change the way we think about coatings in general for those immersion applications. And I would say that those two trends uh, will continue to to uh, propel the coatings industry forward. Jay, the same question to you. Okay. <clears throat> well, I work on the flooring side. Okay. So one of the things that I've noticed is everybody's wanting it faster. They're expecting they need quick turnaround. They need quick return to service. And I've noticed it's been, you know, multiplying and multiplying. People want to get get you in, and usually you're the last guy that's coming in. You're as an applicator, you're you're the service you're going to provide them. You're either going to be in too early or you're going to be in too late. So a lot of things that the the technology that we're trying to develop at this time is providing quick turnaround, but then not you know not uh, going against the surface prep that we have, curing times that are involved. Uh, safety regulations is another one. Uh, leaving what kind of carbon footprint? A lot of people don't think about the trash that's left behind from uh, a manufacturing pers perspective, but I can assure you that uh, depending on the size of the project, there's there's some uh, there's some trash left behind. Uh, life expectancy, and one of the things that I guess I really push on because this is what I do, it's service. I can tell you when I took this job myself uh, from a technical specialist working with contractors is that it's all built around service. They don't want uh, some, you know, it, it's hard to not, like, let me put it this way, it's hard not to uh, be present. You can't offer or help your contractor out or your customer out if you're not sitting in front of him listening to the challenges that he's going through every day. So Sherwin-Williams is big, big, big on trying to find throughput optimization, uh, an opportunity to maximize, make the contractor or the customer more efficient and uh, bring forth in them, helping actually 
you know, benefiting their bottom line. So that all said, service of all of them, I see is changing. And I think that if we're able to, uh, if we're able to provide the technical service and, and be past our competitors and we're there and we're actually helping them uh, get a better bottom line, I think that's the customer that's gonna come back and the one we're gonna build a long-term relationship with. Yeah, and I typically ask about areas of emphasis for the company, but truth be told, that's kind of difficult on this podcast because obviously each of your areas are different and Sherwood-Williams is such a large company. There's a ton of areas of emphasis, but it sounds like one universally applicable thing that Sherwood-Williams is working on in 2022 is that relationship with the contractors, that technical service so that no matter what the coding technology is, you're making sure that that technology I guess is a applied correctly and that b you guys are a resource that's available to them uh in the field or as they're planning out a job is is that a fair way of putting it absolutely one of the things when i took this job ben this is jay by the way uh i told you know i was 30 years in the field as a contractor and i learned that uh one of the things that was going to offer uh, sherman williams or just the industry period is uh, you want to be available for that contractor because the value that you add to that contractor, if he calls and he's on site on a night or a weekend or a holiday, and that phone call can be picked up at seven o'clock at night, and you can help him walk out of there with uh, with a successful project, that speaks volumes to to your contractor, to the customer. We're going to provide a service long term. You can count on us. Uh, we want to partner with you, and, that, and I think that's one of the things that uh, I've learned, and when I took this position, I wanted to help develop from my side, uh, not so much from, from the other side, but I knew the importance that the service and technical service and, and helping them be successful, the value it would, it would actually add to uh, what we do. For sure. The last question, and I'll throw this to each of you, and I ask this to everyone who comes on this member profile series, but what advice do you have for people who are new to the industry? What are things that people new to the coatings industry, like say a new employee for Sherwin-Williams can do to improve their careers and or that of the industry? Uh, ben, this is Paul. I'll go ahead and go first on that okay. one. Um, I, I would just tell you as a very young sales rep back a long time ago, my first um my first steps were to join the local NACE chapter and join the local SSPC chapter, attend those meetings, and then frankly spend the time reading the JPCL and spend the time reading the Codings Pro magazines. Um, because each one of those events and pieces of documentation help you build a foundation of knowledge. Uh, that allows you to kind of begin that process of growing into this corrosion protection industry. Um, if, if, if I'm going to start, those are the places that I would want to be again, um, because most success does not happen by one individual. Success really is a team event. A customer um, is involved, a you're involved as a you know an intermediary you have your organization that is supporting you um, and there are ultimately a number of decision makers involved in every single project um, and those relationships um, 
expand as your knowledge base expands. So the best place to start is those. I would say uh, SSPC C1, C2 are excellent introductory um, uh, educational pieces that SSPC offers on their side. And then obviously, you know, the NACE 1 inspector um, course is also something that I think is highly critical in terms of a, a class that needs to be completed, you know, within the first couple of years of starting in this industry. So from a jump off standpoint, I think that's the best place to start. Jay, the same question to you. Sure. Well, I'm a big promoter for self-education. It was one of the things that I was using through uh, the most when I started into this business and coatings. And one of the things that uh, I really felt not only to, I wanted to make an impact. So I did want to make, ch I wanted to change the world. Of course, I, you know, when I, when I started getting involved in some of the things that uh, uh, coatings has so many avenues that you can start traveling down uh, to make really to change what you're trying to do and you want to have those doors open to you you need to become not only just a member you got to get involved you got to take the training classes you got to join the committees you, you subscribe to the magazines uh, network become get your you know go to these uh, chapter meetings uh, become part go to the events go to the conferences meet the people that are out there pick their brains they're they're going to give you information that's going to be helpful because i guarantee you there's something they're going to share with you that you need to hear and uh you know part of what i do when i uh, of part of my duties at sherwin williams is i work training the contractors i work training the repper uh the uh, sales reps and uh, the management team as far as product application um a lot of them are always asking, especially the new young uh, guys, because I'll share with you, there is a new and young group of applicators and contractors that are coming on the scene. Uh, they see the money is there. They're, 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 uh, they're a lot like Paul. They got really, you know, at a young age, they wanted to get involved and they just didn't know how. I didn't know how. So one of the things is there I get asked a lot is, well, where'd you get your training or how did you learn all this stuff that you're, you know, you just seem to know it off the top of your head? <clears throat> well, you got to bring that's the there's the open door right there to bring up AMPP and uh, the uh, the magazines and, and a lot of the the uh, things that are involved in moving forward, because if you look through there when it says when you open up AMPP, one of the things it'll say is get connected or what they offer and the schooling and the certifications, and they have a lot to offer. So, uh, you know, from that perspective, once you help those guys, you know, and you can move them in that direction, I think at that point, uh, you're going to start building relationship. They'll always look back. I do. I look back at the guy who got me involved and uh, we're still in touch today. So I think that just continues on to always more than anything, pay forward what we've already learned in this industry. Terrific. Great insight there from Jay Whitaker and Paul Troutman of Sherwin-Williams, and that's where we will break things today. I want to again thank Jay and Paul for their time. 
for those two, I'm Ben Dubose, staff writer with Codings Pro Magazine. And if you want more information from us, you can find it at codingspromag.com or the association AMP at ampp.org. And if you want more resources from the team over at Sherwin-Williams, you can find that at sherwin-williams.com forward slash protective, and you can get all of their protective coatings resources there, sherwin-williams.com forward slash protective. For Jay and Paul, again, my name is Ben. Thanks for listening, and please come back soon for another new episode from the Codings Pro interview series.